You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, there weren't a lot of people who expected Dylan Brooks to have an immediate impact in his first season in the NBA. In fact, when Dylan was drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies last year, he certainly didn't expect to be starting so early on. But he did, and he stayed in that starting spot throughout the season. And now that's the offseason, he's still working on his game, and he's helping others with theirs. Dylan is running a basketball camp in my hometown of the flooded Fredericton, New Brunswick, and he joins me now. Dylan, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. Glad to be here. Now, uh, we got some kids watching here today, and I'm going to be honest, they stole some of my thunder. I had some good questions to ask, and uh, they already asked some of the good ones. Mm. <laughs> so this is this... Uh, Tell me uh, about why you're uh, here in New Brunswick. Um, well, it's you know it's familiar. Uh, you know, I've been here when I was young. Uh, my mom is from here. You know, I have family here, and uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, choose a different place than Toronto. Uh, you know, I feel like there's basketball talent here, and you know, me being here, you know, will inspire you know these these guys right here and to be basketball players and. Um, and to, you know, learn some, you know, core values. And uh, what's it like being in Fredericton and seeing it's quite quite the time to be in Fredericton here? Oh, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of floods, uh, you know, a lot of water, gosh. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, you're in, you know, a great part of, the, you know, the country, uh, you know, beautiful sights to see. And um, I've never really been in Fredericton. I've been in Grand Falls and out in, you know, my grandparents' camps, and, uh, um, yeah, so it's my first time being here. And tell me a bit about your uh, New Brunswick connection. Um, my connection, like I just, like I told you guys, uh, my mom is from here. Uh, you know, my whole part of my mom's side is from New Brunswick. Uh, you know, came up, you know, almost every summer, you know, because my mom and dad are, you know, from New Brunswick, my mom's from New Brunswick, my dad's from Nova Scotia, so, you know, we would make the, you know, summer trips after school, you know, uh, after when school was all done, to come to New Brunswick, see family, go to Nova Scotia and see family, and uh, it was probably the most, you know, fun time that I had, you know, as a kid. Do know that now that we know this, we will be claiming you as the closest thing we have to our first uh, NBA player from New Brunswick. No, for sure, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I would love to be a part of that. Awesome. Uh, and so your season ended, I understand, on a Wednesday. And I was told that by Friday you were already uh, in Oregon working out there with uh, your uh, your old team. And you played 82 games this season. Why did you uh, not want to take any time off? Um, you know, honestly, uh, you know, I felt, I felt like I could still play. Um, you know, I didn't feel tired out or... Uh, drowsy or anything from the season you know I love the game of basketball it's so hard for me to take time off um, but you know I gotta figure out how to take time off the right way um, but you know I'm in Oregon uh, you know I love Oregon it's kind of like here um, and just being a part of you know that team uh, make trying to teach them trying to teach them some things and seeing my old coaches you know and just being a part of the game is, you know, what I love to do. Why was uh, you, you spent three years there in Oregon? Why was that such an important time for you? Um, it kind of, you know, taught me, you know, to be a man and live on my own. Uh, you know, I played, 
you know, high school basketball in Canada for three years. Then, you know, I left and played in Vegas for a year. Um, and then, you know, those three years I met, you know, a lot of my friends. Um, you know, I learned about the game a lot. And, you know, it taught me, you know, how to be, you know, self-motivated and, you know, throughout, you know, people saying I wasn't good enough. Um, you know, I don't have an NBA type of game. Uh, you know, just motivated me. And, you know, I was around, you know, people that were kind of just like me, you know, low hype, um, not really, no one was looking at them. And, you know, I grew with those guys and now two of those guys, you know, actually three of them, you know, are in the NBA. And, uh, and you know, my coach is will probably go down as one of the best coaches, you know, in college basketball. Now, I talked to one of your old coaches, Kevin McKenna, mm -hmm. and he said that when you first came to Oregon, and this is a quote, you were a chunky, pudgy, hard-playing kid. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time you left, you were a streamlined machine. Tell me about uh, that transformation. Um, you know, my old teammate, you know, Jordan, he plays for Golden State. He used to call me, you know, every day he'd call me, you know, fat boy. Um, you know, I would like... Probably I would eat like 20, 30 chocolate Timbits. You know, my little brother, we would, we would buy like 50 Timbits and eat them. Um, and then, you know, once I got once I got to Oregon, you know, I realized that, you know, diet was a lot. And, you know, we had a nutritionist there. And, you know, she would go over, you know, ways of losing weight and, and, and all that. And, you know, I never had a problem with losing weight or gaining it. Uh, um, uh, but there was one year where, you know, I left and, you know, I played for Team Canada and I was literally just on a, my own strict diet where I eat with just greens and, and you know, uh, and just meat. And, you know, we would have like a buffet style at, at like, you know, lunches and dinners. And, uh, you know, we played in Greece for the World Cup. Uh, and then when I came back to Oregon after that, you know, people couldn't even recognize me. Like, I was so, you know, skinny, and, you know, I lost weight in my face. And, um, you know, I feel like that, you know, projected, uh, you know, my play, um, you know, and it made me a lot better. And, you know, my coaches, you know, always told me, you know, you're not the tallest guy, you're not the fastest guy, you know, but you have the most heart. And, uh, you know, you play so hard, and you got to find out, you know, one thing that you know other guys don't do and do it well and you know that's what i did and uh you know i had a great three years there and uh coach mckenna also told me he talked a lot when i talked to him he kept saying how great your work ethic was when did that kind of develop for you when did you start really having a drive for for basketball after i was you know i think 13 12 maybe um, I used to play for a team called Blessed Sacrament, and I used to live in a place called Oakville, and you had to travel, like, I think 45 minutes away. And there was a snowstorm. Uh, it was, like, snowing pretty hard, and my mom would drive me. We were halfway there, and I was like, I don't want to go to practice. And my mom said, you know, if you don't go to practice now, I'll probably never, ever drive you to another basketball, you know, thing ever again. And, you know, we sat there. We literally pulled over because, you know, I wanted to turn around. And, uh, you know, right there and then, you know, I wanted to, to play basketball. And, you know, um, 
be better. And, uh, you know, I just started working on my game. I work with, like, different, you know, camps, like Gannon Baker. I work with, you know, a guy named Richard Stewart, uh, you know, um, and it just, you know, projectiled me to be, you know, working hard every single time because, you know, like I said before, you know, I wasn't the tallest basketball player. I was at one point, you know, when I first played, when I was 10, I was like the tallest looking over everybody. Uh, but then, you know, once guys started growing and uh, realized where I wanted to be at, you know, I wouldn't be the tallest basketball player. I wouldn't be the fastest or even the strongest, you know, uh, work ethic is what got me there. I bet you're glad you uh, told your mother to keep driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I wanted always to, my dream was always to be an NBA. My mom knew that too, so she knew, you know, giving me that little push and giving me that choice, uh, you know, would benefit me in the long run. Now, you had some great, uh, amazing plays and amazing games at Oregon, and we'll get to, to some of that. But uh, there's one play that uh, stands out. It got a lot of social media buzz, and uh, I have to ask you about it. It was a game against Utah. Do you have any guess which uh, flop? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about um, what happened there. You know, I had a great game that game, too. I had, like, 20. Like, I was just cooking up Utah just every way possible. Um, I literally wanted just to sell the foul so much. Um, he didn't even, like, push off on me. I literally just jumped in front and just flew my body. And I, after that, like, I didn't even realize it. Like, I flopped until, like, I was on the free throw line and the whole crowd, like, was yelling, you know, flopper, flopper. And um, I watched videos, so many different memes. Uh, you know, I had... The funniest meme I seen was they had like um, Terminator, and he would like try to slice me, and I would literally jump away. Uh, um, and then after that, you know, every other game where we were on the road, um, there was like the crowd was going crazy. Uh, they had like my, when we played Utah. I mean, when we played Colorado, like two days after, they had like bananas, like four bananas that said flop. It was like F L O B, I mean P, and it was um it was pretty funny. Uh, and then I had another one. We went to we went to UCLA, and they had uh, you know that uh that commercial where you know if you're if if you're um if you're a senior and you fall and you have life alert, they had my face up there and they had me pressing on the button. And, um, uh, you know it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, but. That was like the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, publicity I had. You know, as they say, you know, bad publicity could be good publicity. Yeah. What was it like when you watched the video over for the first time? Oh, you know, I was laughing. <laughs> uh, I even posted on my own Instagram. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And, you know, it'll probably go down as one of the, you know, best flops ever. Probably will be. So you got that one. You got that one. Now, that great Final Four run in your uh, last year, what were some of the highlights to you from that? Um, you know, hitting, you know, us, me not playing at first, you know, learning the game through coach's eyes, um, fighting back through, you know, trying to be the same basketball player I was my sophomore year. Um, and then, you know, hitting a game winner against UCLA, hitting another game winner against Cal, going on a tremendous winning streak. Um, you know, being down in like three games in the March Madness and coming back, uh, 
And then, you know, just, you know, finally getting past the lead eight and going on to the final four, you know, seeing my coach, you know, Dan Allman, you know, smile and finally, you know, get into a final four, you know, his first final four and, you know, all of our first final fours, you know, only one guy on that coaching staff, you know, been to a final four. So it was, you know, an amazing, you know, run. What was that moment like when you guys made it to the final four? Um, you know, confetti started dropping. You know, we was in Kansas City. We played Kansas practically in their like hometown. You know, we beat them, and uh, you know, it was an amazing feeling. It was almost like you know the way I felt. You know, on draft night. Uh, you know, celebrating with my teammates. Um, you know, pouring water on my coach. You know, going crazy in the locker room. Family and friends all there, and uh, it was just you know surreal. Now that transitioned nicely into my next question. It was about a year ago at this time you were working out with NBA teams trying to get drafted. How does it feel a year later to have finished your first NBA season and played every single game? Um, it was great. You know, I had like 15, 16 different uh, workouts with different teams and none of them drafted me. Uh, you know, Memphis drafted me and, you know, I knew it would be, you know, the right you know, the right fit. You know, I talked to, you know, the coach, you know, for the very first time on the phone. And, uh, you know, he believed in me. So, you know, I felt confident and happy, you know, because ultimately I was frustrated. You know, I didn't get picked, you know, first round. And, you know, I knew that going in that whoever picked me, you know, would love my game, you know, love me for who I am and uh, knew that I was going to work hard, you know, for the organization. Now take me back to draft A. Where were you? Um, I was in Toronto. You know, I wasn't there at the, you know, draft, you know, uh, you know, the draft. Um, I was there with, you know, family and friends, uh, just waiting for my name to be called. Uh, you know, I had a whole bunch of family from, you know, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, you know, a great time. You know, we were at like a little venue um, and with just a whole bunch of family, you know, it was great. What were the moments like as you were waiting for your name to get called? I know you said it was kind of frustrating at first. You know, I've seen players I played against, you know, get picked before me. And then I watched my two teammates get picked before me too. Uh, you know, they text me and, you know, I was joking around and stuff. And then, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, honestly to see my team, my teammates get picked before me was, you know, an amazing feeling, you know, because, you know, most of, the, you know, to both of those guys, you know, have the same aspirations that I did. And, you know, we were both there when, you know, Oregon wasn't, you know, a basketball school. And, you know, we made it into a basketball school. And, you know, to see them get drafted and then to see my name get called, uh, you know, was great. But, you know, I had nervous, you know, feelings that I might not get picked and everyone that came would be, you know, disappointed and especially myself. And, you know, once I see my name get picked, you know, I was so happy. Now, you got picked technically by Houston. Did you know right away that they were trading that pick to Memphis? Um, no, I didn't until, you know, my agent called me and then he told me that, you know, they traded the pick. You know, one of my friends was like a Houston fan and, you know, he was so happy because then he can get, you know, free tickets to the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but he still ultimately got free tickets to the game. <laughs> 
works out works out fine for them. Um, and so you, I've heard you say that uh, if they redrafted, uh, you would go in the lottery. Does that give you? So does the fact that you didn't make it into the first round or the lottery give you extra motivation as you go through that season? Yeah, um, you know our rookie class was probably one of the best rookie classes there is, uh, and it's only going to get better. Um, and you know it's just so many different you know rookies that had opportunities to play, and I just wanted to, you know, crush them and show it. You know every team that. Uh, they made a mistake um, that they didn't pick me, and um, you know I just wanted to ultimately just get better, you know, throughout the season and had some goals set, and then you know it was just you know after I completed my goals, you know I try to figure out you know what other goals for the rest of the season. What were your goals? Well, my first one was to start. Uh, you know, after eight games, I started at every single game after that. So, you know, once I started starting, I wanted to, you know, be a part of All-Star Weekend and play the Rising Stars Challenge. And then, you know, I did that. And then after that, you know, I just wanted to, uh, you know, score double figures and, um, you know, try to learn the game from my coaches, from different players. And um, because the NBA is a totally different game than college, than you know, any other basketball game there is. Um, you know, there's different tricks that you can learn, um, different ways of scoring, how to make your life easier. Um, and I played probably, I probably guarded every single best player there is, you know, in the NBA. So, you know, it just motivated me for now, for right now, just to be better and try to get up to that level. Now I know some of the kids asked this one. Uh, what were some of those tough ones you had to guard? Who were the who were the real challenging ones? Um, James Harden, C.J. McCollum, LeBron James, uh, and Paul George. Yeah, those are like the most toughest ones that I've guarded. Uh, you know, because they probably scored the most. You know, on me. Uh, um, but ultimately, you know, because we play those guys, you know, twice, at least twice, you know, uh, throughout the year. So, you know, I feel like I got better, you know, each and every time I played against them. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you started your very first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I started the eighth game, but eighth I played. Okay. I came off the bench the very first game, yeah. And what was it like that, that game where you, you started? I mean, your team had some injuries, and uh, how did that happen? When did your coach tell you you were going to be in the starting lineup? Um, I think we would play, I think, was, I think like two games before we went to Portland. Uh, I forget exactly what team it was, and, you know, I was shocked. Uh, you know, because my coach said, you know, if you work hard and, you know, you play the right way, uh, you know, you're, you will start. You know, you have a chance to start. And, you know, even they told me they weren't, they weren't thinking I'm going to start me until, like, the middle of the year. And, you know, they sprung it on me and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, in every basketball player's, you know, uh, lifetime, you know, you get an opportunity and, you know, you don't want to ruin opportunity because in the NBA, it's always about first impressions of with any team because when you play, you know, there's 30 teams watching uh, or 29 because your team's already watching. Uh, but. Um, you know, I've seen in the NBA a lot of great players, you know, get lost in that, you know, with the opportunity that's there and then fail it. 
you know, you don't get, you know, a lot of opportunities in the NBA because, you know, it's a business and they'll just move on to the next player. Uh, so, you know, once I, you know, was starting, you know, I didn't want to lose it, you know, to any of my teammates. Um, even though, you know, my friends, you know, it's still a business. And, you know, you they talk about all the time, you know, it's like your livelihood. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, especially me, you know, their basketball is everything. And, you know, once you're out of basketball, it's, you know, hard to find, you know, a job and everything. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to lose this opportunity. And, you know, I motiv motivated myself so much to where I didn't want to lose that opportunity and whatever after starting an opportunity arises again, you know, I wanted to seize that opportunity. So, and and you did. You were really able. I mean, I think you started pretty much every single game mm -hmm. after that. Uh, why do you think you were? What what drove you to? How were you able to hold on to that? Um, you know, just listening to you know everything that my coach wanted me to do, and then you know trying to um, what's the word for it? Uh, exceed it. You know, um, like I had a role, you know, of guarding the best player and, you know, knocking out open shots. And then, you know, once I started doing that more, I wanted to, you know, score more and then guard more more guys, rebound more. Uh, you know, I wanted to expand my role. And, you know, once I expand my role and, you know, I just played hard, you know, every single game, um, you know, they, they felt like they couldn't take me off the starting lineup. You know, I was kind of type of a energy player that, you know, our starting lineup need that they needed. And, you know, I just never gave them a reason to, you know, take me out of the starting lineup. And what were you able to learn during that first season? What are some of the things that kind of surprised you? Um, there is no nights off. Um, you know, everyone is there for a reason. You know, everyone is good or great. Um and if you take a day off, you'll get light up for 25 points by a player you never thought can score 25. Um, and, you know, how big, fast, you know, everybody is. And, you know, how challenging it is, you know, to guard, you know, every player. You know, you can't, you know, guard. You can't be a superhero and try to, you know, take away everything a player does. Um, you know, you just got to focus on the game plan and, you know, uh, hope your teammates are there to help you. Was there a moment where you thought, wow, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be? Um, you know, like I told, you know, the campers here, you know, um, there's a point, I think it was like after like 30 or 40 games where it's like so much basketball. Um, you know, we're losing. You know, I never lost as much in my life. Never been on a 11 game, 19 game losing streaks. Um, you know, it was like, you know, every time I go out there, I would say, you know, why am I playing? You know, we lose, we're losing it, we're losing every game. Um, but then that triggered another thing in my mind where it's like, this is my time to improve. This is my time to get better because you know I'm not going to be on you know, losing team my whole career. And, you know, Memphis is not a losing team in itself. You know, we were just a playoff team last year. Um, and, you know, it just drove me just to get better and to learn more and to even work even harder. And um, um, just to drive me to, you know, keep playing. Was there anybody that you leaned on during that time? Um, you know, 
friends and family, you know, for sure. Uh, you know, I had players that been through that, you know, like Tyreek Evans. Um, you know, Mark was a big part. You know, overall, you know, in the NBA, you know, there's superstar players and there's guys that, you know, are franchise players. And, you know, it took time for me and Mark to, you know, get a relationship and to show them that how good of a basketball player I am. And then, you know, once, you know, after, you know, it was like 40 games, I was shocked. I was like, I thought, you know, I could crack them a little bit earlier. But, you know, it was after like 40 or 50 games where, you know, we would talk more, you know, we would talk about the game more. You know, we would go to events with each other, um, you know, because, you know, Mark, he's a you know different type of basketball player. He likes to, you know, be in his own, you know, world. And, you know, he takes the game on, you know, a different way. And, you know, I was just trying to learn. You know, once he figured that out, then it was just, you know, easier to play with him. Um, you know, we had a lot more fun, um, you know, and then we realized how much, you know, we had in common, too. So would you say, was there a particular player that took you under their wing in your, your rookie season? Yeah, you know, I had two, you know, ultimately, because, you know, I was really the only rookie out of my class that, you know, out of Memphis pick that played, you know, a lot of games. Um, so, you know, I had like an array of, you know, vets, you know, veteran players. You know, at first it was Chandler, Parsons, then it was, you know, Mario Chalmers, Mike Conley, you know, Marcus Saw, you know, Tyreek Evans, you know, but towards the end, you know, I'd hang out with, you know, Tyreek Evans more because uh, he plays the same type of style that I do. He loves to score. He's a competitor. Um, and, uh, you know, he would at the end, because he wasn't playing that much, he would talk to me about the game, you know, during the game and, you know, give me, you know, great advice on to, um, you know, score and, you know, look look past the losing and trying to be better in the game and um you know ultimately he gave me motivation just to you know get out get out of the comfort zone because you know in every single team you know there's there's great players and you might not even know they just got to break out of that you know hold that you know where they're not comfortable they don't know if you know their game can you know get be you know showing and, uh, you know, once he, you know, motivated me to, you know, take more shots and, you know, to be aggressive, you know, take risks, then, you know, my game started flourishing. Now, you talked about some of the benefits of being the uh, only rookie on the team. Now, there might be some drawbacks. Did you ever have to uh, do anything silly or were there any uh, things they made you do or anything like that? Um, you know, surprisingly, no. Uh, you know, they just told me, you know, whenever before we get on the plane, you know, go grab them food. Uh you know, ultimately, you know, I wanted to do that, you know, because I wanted to be good with everybody. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to, you know, have any type of, you know, hostility between anybody. So, you know, I'll go and buy, like, I'll go to Chick-fil-A and buy, like, like 20 sandwiches and, like, bring them onto the, um, on the plane and, you know, hand them out. And, you know, whenever they ask me, you know, I'll try to be the most diligent, you know, right away. You know, just try to gain respect and, you know, show I'm paying my dues and stuff. But, you know, I never got, you know, all the, you know, hazing and all that like the other rookies did. You know, like I seen one guy had his whole car popcorned. And, you know, I didn't want, you know, my Porsche to be, you know, popcorn because that would be a pain. No wearing pink backpacks or anything like that. No, 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 none of that. Good stuff. And now I have to imagine one of the highlights for you during the season was All-Star Weekend, uh, getting to play in the uh, 
world uh, versus U.S. Uh, game. Tell me about that. What was that like? Um, it was amazing. It was in the Staples Center, too, so it was sold out. Uh, you know, you get to play with the best, you know, rookies and second-year guys. And, you know, I got to meet, you know, a lot of, you know, different players that, you know, you play against and then you play on the same team. So it was – and then you're around, you know, Hall of Famers. Uh, and, you know, you think that you're not re- you're not recognized and no one knows you. And then you walk by, you know, like George Gervin, and he'll be like, what's up, Dylan? You know, how you how you liking the season? You know, walk beside Shaq, and you say, you know, you're having a great year. Um, and they know you by name. And, you know, once, you know, I figured that out, then he gave me a lot more confidence, you know, to play, you know, the role that, you know, I ultimately want to play. And you guys got the uh, win. That must have been a little extra oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah, it was extra sweet. We got a little more money, too. There you go. That's always <laughs> helpful. And uh, so going on from that, you got to play one game in Canada because uh, Raptors being in the East, you get one home, one away. What was that uh, experience like? I had to get, like, a lot of tickets for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of good people. Um, but it was an amazing feeling. Uh, you know, Toronto gets, you know, great you know fans and it was sold out even against a losing team with us and um you know my emotions were flying like that was the most nervous game that I had um and then you know I'm playing against guys I've watched you know in college and in and when I was young um and just being a part of you know the Air Canada Center and actually playing in the NBA against Toronto was just so surreal and then getting my name called you know in the starting lineup and people chanting and you know uh respecting me because you know I'm Canadian you know was ultimately you know an amazing feeling yeah I imagine that's got to be uh extra special you don't usually get that when you're the uh away team yeah you know <laughs> I got that in Oregon too uh you know there's probably louder cheers than even in Canada and Oregon uh um you know it's just an amazing feeling that you can you know, put a stamp on somewhere like Canada or like, you know, Toronto or like Oregon and people, you know, still, you know, recognize you and don't give you booze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, of your Oregon teammates, you uh, averaged the most points a game and played the most. Did you shoot them a text uh, after the season? Uh, I think they got the, they got, they got the drift. Uh, um, you know, uh, Jordan, you know, was, was playing right right with me uh you know you me and him were playing the same amount of games then he got hurt um and then Tyler you know he got his opportunity late and you know he was playing tremendously well and you know I watched you know those guys every game and you know Jordan found the right fit um you know I found the right fit and you know Tyler ultimately and then you know found the right fit too and you know I'm just happy for them that you know they get they get to play a lot and you know succeeding as well now, uh, one of the things that did happen during your season, you went through a coaching change. What was that transition like for you as a player? That was my first time, you know, ever. Because, you know, in college, you know, coaches get fired. Uh, but, you know, we were just winning and we was playing well. And, you know, my coach never got fired. And then, you know, having, you know, the guy that I first talked to, you know, on draft day, uh, getting fired and not understanding why, you know, was the biggest, you know, confusion. And, you know, you can get – wrapped up in that and then you know for me I had to go talk to you know my vets and ask them you know how to deal with it um and they just said you know remember the game is just basketball 
you just go out there and, you know, you play your game. And ultimately, you know, Coach Fizz, you know, getting fired. And then, you know, JB stepping up and taking on the rest, taking on the rest of the year, you know, never fazed me because, you know, they were great friends. And I had conversations with them all the time, you know, going out to dinner and stuff. And, um, and they both had the same, you know, thoughts where, I, where I'm going to be at and um, and how to su- make me succeed. So, uh, you know, I never had a problem with it. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, JB, he got the job. Was there a point there where you were kind of nervous because you were playing plenty of minutes, you, you had the starting role, and then with a coaching change, that can sometimes mean lineup changes. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure, you know. Uh, you know, you know, in this game, it's all about who you know and favorites and stuff like that. And um, I knew, you know, I still had to do the same thing, you know, every day. Uh, not let it change you. Uh, um, and even in losing itself, you know, that's so hard to uh, – you know, because when you're winning, you're gonna you want to do more, and when you're losing, you want to do less. And you might change your routine. You might not go in early no more. You might just get to practice five minutes before. Um, and you know, uh, my vets and you know people around me told me, you know, you gotta keep the same routine um, throughout the losing, throughout the coaching changes, throughout whatever happens in the organization, because ultimately you're in it for yourself, and um, you know you gotta get better every day. And, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to, you know, take a step back or take a step down. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, keep improving. Now, uh, something you mentioned earlier, you've had a few chances playing for Team Canada. How important has that been for you? It's been so important. Um, it's what practically, you know, got me the look from Oregon and, you know, projecting myself to be, you know, who, I, who the player I am today. Um, I got to play with FIBA Americas. Uh, with Roy Rana, I got to play, you know, the Worlds in, in Greece, play against, like, Croatia and Team U.S. and, you know, and in a different country. And Canada, you know, Team Canada, you know, made me see a lot more about the world. Uh, I got to go to Spain. I got to go to Italy, see different sites. And um, it kind of, you know, made me a better player. I got to be around, you know, guys from the same you know, uh, country and a lot of guys that I knew. And it, it made me, you know, have my own team and how to run my own team too. What's it been like seeing the evolution of Canada basketball? I mean, you've been part, you were part of the team that won the uh, Pan Am Games. Uh, there's been some other big wins lately too. What's it like seeing that? Um, it's just, you know, progress in, in Canadian basketball. You know, there's uh, um, so much talent here. And it was just hard for, you know, people to, you know, find out about it. And, you know, it started from, you know, guys giving back, having camps, you know, uh, wanting to see, you know, basketball in Canada, you know, rise. And, um, you know, I'm just following the footsteps. Uh, you know, I want to see, you know, in every camp, one of these kids um, take on the challenge of, you know, wanting to go to the NBA. And, you know, seeing how I go through it and how I work and everything. And um, ultimately, it's just, you know, guys have an opportunity and and then having notice from America and having coaches come watch us play and um, guys like Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett being picked first in the draft. Um, 
and just having belief that, you know, there's talent here. And then ultimately, you know, Steve Nash and um, and then playing for your team, playing for your country and, you know, placing third and placing top five. So, yeah, that's one. Now you you got this camp. I think you got another camp in Memphis. Any other uh, big plans for the off season? Um, you know, just you know, working on my game to the point where um, I feel so comfortable in it that you know, in games, it's just it's just slower. Um, you know, uh, seeing the game a lot slower, uh, learning different moves, um, and then going back to my rookie season and being like what I struggle the most in, um, you know, driving left, working with the ball in my left hand, getting into my shot, um, working on concentration shots because, you know, I take tough shots. Um, just having that, you know, in my mind throughout when I'm going through the off season, and then just drilling it, you know, repeatedly um, with with no mistakes. Um, and then having confidence in, you know, in training camp to, you know, perform those moves and, um, uh, and then having, you know, ultimately, you know, more camps and working out with different guys and then getting rest as well. You, I was thinking about that. I mean, you had last year at this time. You uh, you just finished up your final four run. You were doing uh, working out with teams. This has really got to be. And then you got drafted. This has really got to be the first real rest you're getting. Yeah, uh, you know that process for any player is probably the most grueling process there is. Um, this is nonstop, especially if you know you have like thirteen or fourteen different workouts where you're flying from where well, I was working out in New York. So, you know, we would, especially because a lot of West Coast teams wanted, to, you know, me to be there in the, in the workout. So I'd fly to Phoenix, then fly to Portland, then fly all the way down to Orlando. Um, you know, it was a lot. Uh, you know, the only plus thing about that is, you know, you're flying first class. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's just nonstop. And then once you, you know, get back to where you were, you know, where you're working out with, you know, your agency, uh, you still have to work and um, you still have to, you know, work out and play. And, um, you know, I never had no time. And then once, you know, the draft part's over, you know, there's summer league, you got to go with your team. And, um, you know, those are probably one of my favorite, you know, times, you know, as a basketball player. Now your team uh, just getting ready. They'll likely have a high pick in the NBA draft. And as you said uh, to some of the kids earlier, with Mike Connolly, you felt you guys are a playoff team. What are your kind of expectations for next season? Um, you know, getting back to the playoffs and ultimately trying to, you know, win a championship. Uh, you know, it starts just with each, you know, one game, you know, with every practice. Um, you know, this year, you know, we struggled with, you know, camaraderie. Um, you know, working as a team and playing as a team. And, uh, you know, we know that as a group and, you know, we're going to work on that, you know, this season. I mean, next season. Um, and, uh, you know, it's every team's, you know, trying to win a championship. So, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Now, you personally, the last season, you're, you were able to accomplish all those goals you mentioned. What goals do you have for this season? Um, you know, I have, you know, to start again, uh, start all 82, 
um, play well, um, make a playoff, um, play in the playoffs, um, you know, not to get hurt. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, you know, scoring more than I did this year and playing more than I did this year. Well, Dylan, uh, I wish you the best of luck. I'm sure now that more people know about your New Brunswick connection, you'll have uh, a few more fans down here, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad that, you know, you came here and asked questions and, um, and you know, show, uh, you know, Frederick Chan in New Brunswick, you know, my story. Yeah, we don't get too many uh, NBA players here, so it's nice to, nice to have you. Thank you, thank you. That was Dylan Brooks, starting small forward for the Memphis Grizzlies. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to the podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Canada's Court, or you can send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.